4: The pregame show America has always wanted.
0: I've the future. I've got the future.
4: From the Vegas Strip, here's RJ Bell.
5: You heard it. I'm RJ live. Coast to coast. 200 Fox Sports Radio stations. 200. That's right. Six o'clock right now on the East Coast. Drive time. Through here in Vegas. We got a historic day. Usually it's action-packed today, Thursday, historic. Why? Literally, the biggest upset in Major League Baseball history happened last night. You might have heard about this, but man, we got all the info. And not only says something about the team that was the big favorite, but it says something about baseball itself. There's been a fundamental change in baseball And the numbers are eye-popping when it comes to how good the best teams are and how much better those teams are than the bottom of the league. Wow. History being made. Joined by the pros who know, Brad Powers, Steve Fezzik. Sports betters listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. My personal promise, we will deliver the Vegas truth to you. Now, Jonas Knox, well-deserved break. So the voice of the fan, muted. (laughs) shut up, fan. It's wise guy time. And guys, Houston Astros, one of the best teams in baseball, no doubt about it. Maybe the best. In fact, let's start there. We have the updated World Series odds from pregame.com. Brad Powers, let's go
6: with one at a time. Who's favored? And the Astros are the leader. Plus 250. The Astros, you bet a hundred bucks, you win two fifty on the Houston Astros. Now, if you think about it,
5: baseball more than any other sport, maybe hockey, amongst the seven-game sports. So obviously the exception being the NBA. And the NBA is on the other side of the equation or the other side of the spectrum, which is the better team wins in the NBA more often than any other sport in a playoff series. And the fact that many thought Golden State was better, boy, that's the exception that Toronto would win. And obviously it took major injuries, likely it took them, to do that. On the other hand, baseball, if all you did was say, I'm going to randomly pull a playoff team out of a hat, doesn't matter if they're the favorite playoff team or the biggest underdog, History says there's not much of a difference. So in general, and this is kind of tip number one if you want to bet baseball when it comes to things like World Series victories, if you can find a team now that has a clear path to the playoffs, but it's a team that doesn't feel like it's very competitive. You know how like in football, for example, you get that team that might potentially be uh, 7-8-1, you know, the famous 7-8-1 and win the division? There's no sense they're going to the Super Bowl. There's no sense they're winning or going to the Super Bowl. But they can get to the playoffs. In baseball, it happens all the time. A team, Cardinals, not that long ago, uh, there was like a 1,001 tickets on them. I think the MGM had. You remember what I'm talking about, Fed? I do, yes. And they were like back six games. Might have been 10 games left, but there was a path. Yeah, and this year's cardinal team is the New York
7: Mets, who were ten games below five hundred at one point. The Mets were like two hundred to one. They got hot, and now there's a chance the Mets make the playoffs. And like you said, if they make the playoffs, good pitching staff.
5: Well, forget good pitching staff, good catcher, good uh, Philly fanatic. You know that that's a heck of a you know what is that called a mascot? Doesn't matter. Once you make the playoffs in baseball, luck plays such a huge role. Yes, and. You know it's funny. People might have heard that phone ring. It's Colin Cowherd. Now you think Colin would know when our show's <laughs> on, right? I mean, no, no, I mean, I love him, but come on. Now, <laughs> you know they'll call Colin in a nine a.m. Well, you know the show's just started. It's like, well, you know. All right, Colin Cowherd, you're on the air. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been funny. Yes. Now he'd be like, it costs ten thousand a minute to have me on the air. <laughs> so yes, Houston's favored. Yes, we're going to get into Houston historically good, at least relative to some of the have-nots in baseball this year, but still only plus 250. Yep. Now think about it. Golden State this year, and you could make the case, was about as big of, uh, not as a favor, but was better than the number two team by about the same amount. If you said, so who's number two? Let's start there.
6: Dodgers plus 275.
5: All right, so they're right behind Yes. Him. Okay. So, if anything, you could say, you know, Golden State was clearly the best team in the NBA, and they were, what, minus 200 at various points during the year. So, $2 wins $1. Houston, clearly best team, or best team in baseball, but maybe not as clearly. Though I would make the case, and correct me if I'm wrong, Houston is clearly better than the Dodgers, but the Dodgers have a much easier path to the World Series. Yeah,
7: exactly right, because the Yankees, are, of course, are in the American League, and the Yankees are going to win 105 games.
5: Yeah, and other pretty good teams in the American League too, right? So I think in general, Dodgers have a, a clearer path, but history says that doesn't really matter either, right? But Houston being the best, still only plus 250. So on one hand, 100 bucks would have won you $50 on Golden State. That same 100 wins you... Two hundred and fifty dollars. So you're getting five times the payoff betting the baseball favorite if they win, than betting the NBA favorite this year. And both teams, I think, relatively were respected about the same. Now, let's go through quickly. Now the 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 rest of the the key favorites.
6: Yeah, Yankees are next uh, up after the Dodgers, plus four fifty for the Yankees. Then you have the Braves ten to one. So there's okay. a clear drop off after the Yankees.
5: That's Brad Powers. I'm R.J. Bow, straight out of Vegas. So what we now know is who the favorites are. Astros one, Dodgers two, Yankees three. Two of those teams in the American League. Thus, Astros clearly the better team than the Dodgers, but only a smidge bigger favorite. We're telling you, macro tips, big picture. Teach your man to fish. Don't be afraid of underdogs in series in World Series futures, and even now. I love it when it comes to the World Series futures because all teams back 10 games, all teams back six games are not created equal. It's how many teams are ahead of them. How many teams do they play against each other? How tough is the strength of schedule for the team that you're looking at that's behind, the teams ahead of them? It's like in golf. If there's one Golf, for six strokes back, and there's no one in between him and the leader. His chances of winning are so much better than if there's four or five people in between, because now that six-stroke back player has to play better than those four or five people, and in some cases, by a wide margin. One blow up is all it takes. If there's only the leader and you six strokes back, same thing in baseball. Six games back. Think about it. How many teams are ahead? You're going for a wild card. And that's interesting. You might hate the idea it's one and done, you know, the idea of that, that one game kind of playing or whatever you want to call it with baseball. But if you're getting like 70 to one on a team and the odds of them getting that one and done game isn't great. But if they do, you love your 70 to one Take it Now you ask yourself, well, what's the odds of them getting to that game? I, as much as futures in general are not prime betting opportunities, Faz, I think in baseball especially, if you look past the obvious, there's some opportunities.
7: Yeah, spot on. And going back to the Mets, as we discussed, they had a cupcake schedule coming up. So when they got hot, a lot of wise guys, after the Mets won four or five in a row, the odds makers were asleep. And they said, you know what? That four game winning streak could turn into like a 15 and two run, and it did.
5: But if they were really sharp, wouldn't they have got them before they won 4 or 5 entering into the soft schedule spot? That would be the sharpest of the sharp. The sharpest (laughs) of the sharp. Speaking of that, Steve Fezzik, straight out of Vegas. Okay, let's talk about what we've seen last night. There's no other way to say this. We could try to act like it's not true, but it is. We've got data. The industry has data going back to 2004 with baseball. There's some other stuff out there, but not particularly trustworthy. So let's call it 15 years. Entering the game last night, the biggest favorite in recorded baseball betting history, so the last 15 years, was Houston. So, Brad, give us what the line was in the game.
6: Houston was a minus 550 favorite. So you had to bet 550 bucks to win 100. The Tigers... The team that pulled the upset plus four fifty, so that a hundred bucks won you four hundred and fifty bucks, RJ. So Brad pulled a fazic there. Yeah, we didn't oh, talk. That. We we didn't talk about the
5: upset yet. Yeah. He said, "Hey, you want to hear the end of the yeah. story real quick?" Was that because you want to be like the star and you want everyone to think no. Brad told me who won the game? No, nope. just just a plain mistake. Mistake. <laughs> Why do Brad's mistakes always benefit Brad though? You ever think about that? Uh huh. Something to ponder. All right. (laughs) As most of you know, almost all of you, that's why we're having fun with it. Houston, historically big favorite, minus 550. Detroit, historically big underdog, plus 450. Detroit wins. So if you have the biggest favorite in recorded history and they lose, well, biggest upset ever. So it's one thing to be the biggest upset during this time period, and we'll say ever, but we don't know before. But the idea that they lost the game, Houston, being such a big favorite, even more amazing. Now, here comes, I think, where we can help baseball fans you know, know more than your bodies and batters. Fezzik, for a few weeks, has been on something that at first I listened to and I said, OK, I get it, but I'm starting to think it's even more important. And the concept is this, and he'll explain it. If there's more scoring in any sport, the better team has an increased chance to exert their superiority, to say, hey, think about basketball. If you have a total of 250 versus a total of 170, it's so much easier for that better team when there's more trips up and down the court. If I was playing Michael Jordan one-on-one, I'd want the score to be to one. And I'd shoot from half court. (laughs) And that would be – and you know something? I'm a pretty good shot. I could probably make about 15% from half court. Maybe a high school gym, let's call it. Okay, what's my odds of playing Michael Jordan race to 100 and winning? Pretty much 0.0. Yep. It's (laughs) the same logic. In baseball, we've had eras – I'm not talking about the dead ball era back 100 years ago. I'm talking about in the last 20 years – in which, hey, the typical over-under in the National League was eight runs, yeah. right, Fez? Yeah, even less. And now scoring's up and home runs are up. Average total just under 10. In all baseball. In all baseball, yeah. So the idea is, and I think that winning teams are hitting more home runs. That's the way winning seems to happen now in baseball. Home run hitting is usually expensive. The big markets, like the Yankees, are able to buy home run hitters. So the distance between the haves and have-nots in baseball have increased. And the scoring is one of the reasons. More scoring, greater distance. Again, back to Michael Jordan. How many reps are you going against the better team, better player, whatever? You think, oh, RJ, maybe. I'm not sure. Well, check this out. If you look at the five biggest favorites during this era, the last 15 years, four of them has happened This year or last year? Four of the five biggest favorites, which is another way of saying in a given game, the distance between the better team and the worst team, it's been biggest in the four out of five in the last two years. So with all those years, you know, another way to look at it, 13 years to start this run, there was one time that you had one of these gigantic differences. In the last two years, there's been four times. It goes even further than that. If you say, okay, minus 400, let's call that a nice big underdog or nice big favorite, how many have there been? So if you go back again, 15 years, Brad, there's been 22 of these favorites. So about one a year and plus a little bit. Yes. All we will do is take the Astros this season. And again, Astros clearly the best team, but not that much better than the Dodgers. The Astros, as a minus 400 favorite or more, just recently, shocking numbers.
6: Yeah, so the Astros have been a minus 400 or bigger favorite five times since August 4th. <laughs> of
5: 2018? Of this
6: year, going back like two weeks ago.
5: So guys, think about it. If it was 22. Hey, now. Of these gigantic favorites in 15 years. But one team, the Houston Astros, has been that five times this month. What's going on? It's either the Astros are the best team the baseball's ever seen, but again, they're the favorite to win the World Series, plus 250. Dodgers are plus 275 right behind them. Or because of the increased scoring, because of home run hitting, being the driver of the scoring and, and across the league, net-net, the fact that the best teams tend to have these home run hitters and the increased scoring means the distance between the best teams and the worst team has increased. We've got five instances of these gigantic differences out of 22 happening this month, and the 22 happened over 15 years. So, yes, it's interesting, but with baseball itself, the takeaway is – that uh, have and have-nots, increased distance, and the scoring going up has accentuated that fact. We don't talk a ton of baseball. We will as we move into the playoffs a little bit more, but I love the concepts that you can apply in a macro sense. When we come back, we're back to football, no doubt about it, and we're going to be talking about Zeke, and you know, it's an evolution, meaning, yeah, the off-season stuff's still interesting, but man oh man, we're moving to games even beyond preseason games back in a minute.
4: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
2: Sound the trumpets! It's horse racing time, so saddle up for the action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit
3: $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now.
0: Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
5: I'm R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. Jonas Knox, well-deserved vacation. 200 Fox Sports Radio stations. We're directly to you, I think. We're trying to bring the fun of Vegas. Directly to you. Now, you can listen on those radio stations. The iHeartRadio app, FoxSportsRadio.com, the podcast, just search R.J. Bow and Sirius Radio. A bunch of ways, a bunch of ways to engage right now on The Strip. It's 104 degrees. The neon is chugging. Hmm. Chugging is usually when it's colder, but I guess 104 isn't so cold we recap that historic baseball upset. Biggest ever in recorded history. And, Fez, I think the last point on that is even the biggest favorite in recorded history was only supposed to win about what? 83%. So if you look at the odds, anytime you see a money line, so here's a simple example. Money line is plus 100. 100 wins you 100. What's Vegas saying? Well, 50%. If the money line's plus 200, Vegas is saying 33 and a third percent. So, though there's a little math to it, you can extrapolate what the money line is telling you about the chances. And even the team with the least chance in the last 15 years, who did win last night, Detroit, had about a 17 percent or so chance. One in six. There you go, Feds. Thanks for adding that. Now, the next topic. <laughs> Zeke Elliott. We got a report, Brad, and you can give us the details, and this is coming from the Cowboy Reporter.
6: Yeah, Ed Werder from ESPN. Sources say the most recent offer in the negotiations between Ezekiel Elliott and the Cowboys actually came from the Cowboys. Elliott has been offered a contract making him one of the NFL's two highest paid running backs. That suggests the team's offering him more than Le'Veon Bell, but less than Todd Gurley, RJ. Now here's
5: the thing. How much does loyalty matter and that goes in both directions right because on one hand and we talked about this at the end of yesterday's show but it bears repeating is if you go out of your way for someone you're extra loyal. you feel like they owe you that requires the other person to believe that too and probably the most serious business disputes personal disputes are driven by one person thinks he or she is owed this, other person says, nah, 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 not true. And what do you do? You finally look at the other person typically and say, you and I think about the world differently, goodbye. Now, what we know about Jerry Jones is he's player friendly. Some would say he enables him. Some would say he creates an environment where they're not held accountable. Others would say he's doing what he's supposed to do. He's protecting his guys wherever you fall in that spectrum, it's I don't think debatable that Jerry's been p- player friendly yep. And I think you could make the case that Zeke has needed it. He's needed Jerry to be <laughs> player friendly because as Colin says, you know, his legal issues and all the different things he's had in the past and we can debate how in every instance, all the way from an Ohio State, Zeke complaining, and again, complaining versus legal issues are different things, but complaining he didn't get enough carries all the way to whatever, that Zeke's been, uh, let's just say, not easy, not easy. But he's been performing as good as anyone, maybe better than anyone is running back in recent years. This is a debate, especially with Gurley Hurt. That's an interesting question. Two years. This year, next year, you can have one running back. Is it even a debate considering Gurley's Mm. potential injury? The question marks with Le'Veon Bell? Who's in the conversation? I'm taking Saquon Barkley. All right. Well, if that's true, meaning if you're correct, he's the right guy, then it really makes the Giants drafting him, as much as you can say running backs aren't valued, as much as they used to be in today's NFL, you could say, well, you got Fournette was drafted very high. He's not even in that class. Yep. You got Zeke, who's multiple years in, but Zeke is still young enough that he should be better. Like in general, Zeke's entering his fourth year, right? Barkley's entering his second. You tell me we got a Hall of Fame running back, you can have for two years. Do you want him in year two and three? Or do you want him in year four and five? I want him in year four or five. I think this is a running back's prime. He's not a kid anymore. But he's yet to start falling off. Does anyone disagree with that? No. Okay.
7: And those are my top two running back rated players. They're both worth one and a half points to the line. Doesn't sound like a lot, but that for a non quarterback player, there's only five players I have in the
6: league that are rated that high.
5: And Barkley being one, Elliott being one?
6: Yeah. I mean, all things created equal. Yeah, I'd probably rather have Elliott, but I, what I, why? You would
5: rather have Elliott, you're saying now? No. All things being equal, I'd rather have Elliot. What, what does that I, even mean, all things being equal?
6: Well, I mean, if you're going to guarantee that he's not going to have any issues off the field, well, but he's that's not either. I mean,
5: that, that's some fantasy world you're making up, right? Is today is today. Oh, so what you're saying is you picking Barkley is a close call, and the reason you would is there feels to be, there's less uncertainty with Barkley. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. But on the field, I think Zeke's a smidge better. Yes. Okay, so either way, one of the two best running backs by consensus opinion here in Vegas, and we are straight out of Vegas, I'm R.J. Bow. The idea that Zeke's performed that well, still is in his prime. Yeah, Jerry Jones wants him. The Cowboys want him. The question becomes, what is Zeke willing to give up? What kind of value is he willing to place on Jerry Jones? protecting his players being there supporting his protect seems kind of nefarious i'm talking about support right you're are you know you're one of our key guys and you need something you need the private plane to get your mom's birthday it's there for you that kind of stuff matters to some people could the ca- many people most people could the case be made that zeke is spitting in the face of jerry jones literally saying Hey, I know you've been there for me. I know you're willing to make me, by the report right now from ESPN, the second highest paid player at the running back position, understanding that Gurley, when healthy, when not with a potential chronic injury, as good as anybody, eh, that's one of those goofy talk radio phrases, strike that better than anyone. Gurley, because of his ability to catch the ball, you know, kind of like the queen on the chessboard. And if you look at Jared Goff, a lot of people would say. Friend of the show, Mike Lombardi, says that Goff only looks as good as he does, and that's, let's say, in, you know, imperfect because of what Gurley's been able to do.
7: That play action is so dynamite for Goff when he does throw.
5: So to now, Zeke might say, "Listen, I think I'm better than Gurley." But if the difference is modest, and we don't know exactly, so let's say this clearly. What matters here is guaranteed money. Yep. Le'Veon Bell got a $57 million contract, 57.5. Guaranteed $27 million. 27 sticks is good. Gurley got $52.5. So that's $5 million less, but guaranteed 45 million of the 52. That injury situation looks shaky now. So 18 additional million dollars guaranteed for Gurley, the superior contract. Now, if Jerry Jones, if the Cowboys are offering $27.5 million guaranteed, so a smidge above Bell. So the ESPN report is correct. Yep. It's the second biggest. Then I kind of get Zeke's point. He's at minimum probably between the two. Yep. If it's $44 million just below Gurley, then Zeke's crazy for <laughs> yeah. not taking it. If it's right in between, all right, we can debate. But here's what I know. We need to understand how Zeke is valuing what Jerry Jones has done for him. Because from what I see so far, he's holding out historically early. Literally, the Cowboys control Zeke's rights for this year and with the franchise next year. Oh, I'm sorry. Next year is simply the 50 year option. Yep. And then the next year, they could franchise them. Yeah. They could have three years. Now, we've talked about that the NFL core running back, the NFL running back is a rare bird where a guy like Zeke, if he doesn't get big money, though I don't feel bad for these million-dollar athletes often. You can make the case he didn't acquire generational wealth in some scenarios, hypotheticals, and he deserves it because he's one of the best running backs. So I get why they might push the envelope, running backs, and maybe be a little more justified. But if anyone's going to push that envelope, should it be the running back that, the owner has supported and protected better than any other owner would. It does feel like that Jerry Jones, the billionaire, I got no dog in this fight, the billionaire who's treated Zeke like family, it would seem, like he does a lot of his players, and now Zeke's saying, I want to break the bank. I want to make history. I'm holding out before any running back has ever held out, before any player has held out. When there's two years left, it's never happened. So if I'm Jerry Jones, I'm probably not ecstatic about that to start with. And then you're trying to be good natured about it. And then you say, Zeke who? And now you're getting not from Zeke, but from the agent. Oh, Zeke was offended. If you listened and saw the video, especially, Jerry Jones was peeved. And now you gotta wonder. When you're a billionaire, you can have your whims. At what point does he get vindictive? At what uh. point does it go from you're like family to you're like any other player to like you're my, not enemy, but I wouldn't mind seeing you fail, especially if I trade you. So I don't know. I You got to respect Zeke doing what he thinks is best, but really it feels like if any owner deserves... To not be the guy that's got to deal with this the soonest ever, it'd be the way Jerry has been with Zeke.
4: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
5: Here's what we're going to do. Rapid fire. Hold on to your hats. We got how many games tonight? Five, five six? Six. One of them's your best bet. That's going to be in the next segment. The other five, you've got a lean or a like on every one of them. A lot of energy, a lot of action, a lot of action. Remember in rounders? He goes, lot a lot of when he's dealing out and he goes, a lot of action. Well, we have that actually.
0: Wow. A lot of action. lot of action.
5: Giants at Bengals, Bengals at home favored by 3. And I'm going to lean to the Giants plus the 3 here and
7: it's all about the Bengals not playing their starters for the full first half. Remember, this is the dress rehearsal week. The expectation is most teams going to play their starters for about a half, but the Bengals coach came out and said, "You know what? Not going to play them the full first half."
5: So here's the question. Efficient market theory says that everything is known that is built into the market. So did the Bengals coach give you a text and say, hey, I got something for you, Fez. <laughs> you can talk about it on radio if you really want. Or does everyone know this? Everyone knows it,
7: but you got mm. to look for it, RJ. So surfing
5: around, trying to get, trying oh, to get this BS. information. Oh, Anyone in today. that's moving. So, so you're somehow saying that your surfing pattern is <laughs> what, I mean, that's absurd. Apologize.
7: Uh, I apologize, but money is coming in on, on the Giants
5: so in the last three hours. So the money's coming in on the Giants, which means what? That
7: the expectation is the Bengals are not going to play their starters. It's not the
5: expectation. It's what they said. Yes. Yeah, so that's bad. Next game, Redskins favored by one and a half at Atlanta. All right, we're going to lean to the Redskins. They're playing Atlanta. Quinn,
7: that's one of the coaches that has done horrible in preseason. In fact, Quinn 0-11 straight up and against the spread. So going to lean with Washington in this game.
5: Okay, now that makes sense to me. We've got a trend this season. We've been talking about from the start of the season is we have four coaches that do exceptionally well in the preseason historically, five or more games above five Two coaches do poorly, five or more games below five hundred. If you had played them blind, and when they played each other, you just said, pass, you'd be 10-0-1. So right now, on that 10-0-1 trend, one of the teams with the down arrow, one of the underperformers, and really it's coaches, is Quinn, why not alike? like? Why not go with Atlanta? Because, oh, I'm sorry. Why not like the Redskins fading Atlanta?
7: Because I don't trust the Redskins' Haskins at quarterback, and he's going to get a whole lot of time. McCoy is still not back for a while.
5: Okay, now that makes sense. You're making a personal assessment saying, here's a quarterback that's going to need a lot of time. He's got a big name, big high draft choice. I'm down on him. I don't want to buck that. By betting on the Redskins, because you're effectively betting on Haskins. Correct. Next game, Panthers at Patriots. Patriots, three and a half. Yeah, I'm
7: going to lean to Carolina here, and the reason is cluster injuries of wide receivers for New England. New England's top four wide receivers not supposed to play in this game.
5: Okay, so is that private information also? It is available information, but I think that the Do market— Do you have anything on this game that, I, that you couldn't just go on Twitter and N- find? New England's 2-0, and and because of that, they're a public team, and they've done so well in preseason that there's a little irrational exuberance with New England, that's why they're laying now, that. makes That makes some sense, again. So if you dig, Fez got something, but— I'm going to die digging at one. I would just like keel over. You know, my dad was a coal miner. You would think I could not be digging. Like the next generation is supposed to do better. I feel like I should sing load 16 tons number nine. (laughs) That was my dad's favorite song, actually. Never heard of it. Tennessee Williams Ford. Tennessee Ford Williams. It's load 16 tons. And it's about coal miners. Work all day, and at the end, they have less money than they began with. Mm. Yeah, I was before the unions, as my dad would tell me. I'm RJ Bell, straight out of Vegas. So fast, last two games. Let's try to. You need a little time. You want us to play a song, so you have stuff that isn't, you know, on Twitter. Yes, you're ready. I'm or ready, you, or you do need time. I don't need time. Next game. It's. I think he's going to perform. Ravens on the road favored by five at Philadelphia. I actually like Baltimore laying
7: the five Harbaugh in Baltimore. That's one of the coaches. We really like RJ Harbaugh is 15 straight up 13 and two against the spread. So we want a reason to be able to back Baltimore. And we got one here because Philly Wentz is very likely not going to play. Everybody knows that, but Nate Sudfeld is a good backup for Philly and he is out as well. Philly is decimated at quarterback.
5: Okay. Now that's fascinating is, the idea of assessing the third stringer, most people aren't thinking at that level. You're looking at the third stringer for Philly and saying, I, I don't want to bet this guy.
7: Yeah, and I don't like the third or the fourth stringer, Clayton Thorson, or Cody Kessler, who's likely to play as well.
5: Okay. Now, this is that game had a big line move. Ravens is a five-point favorite on the road, it means if they were home, you do the six-point swap, they'd be eleven. That'd be like an all-time line. What did this game open up at? And was the line move driven by all of the Baltimore winning in the preseason? Or is it driven by the injury announcement?
7: Driven by the injury announcement. Philadelphia opened minus two and a half because Wentz was expected to play initially.
5: Last game before the last game, which will be a best bet that last game. Packers on the road, favored by one and a half versus the Raiders. And I'm looking at the total on this one. I'm going under 38 and a half. You know, there's been
7: reports about this field, differing reports, but ultimately they had to replace the field and John Gruden came out and Gruden normally as a coach we want to back. He's one of those coaches that does very well in preseason. He says, you know, I don't know how long I'm going to play my guys. I'm worried about this field. And if you look at Green Bay's coach, Matt LaFleur, he's saying, you know, we haven't tackled at all at preseason.
5: We're going to have a point of emphasis tackling. So so on one hand, we're saying the bad field is causing the Raiders say, I want to have less contact, less exposure. But somehow Green Bay is going to say, because we haven't been tackling by our choice, this is the game I'm going to make sure the guys put their nose in on the bad field.
7: That's what the coach has said. And you believe that? Well, I, they
5: both pointed me towards the You ever the buy the under. Brooklyn Bridge? I mean, it doesn't make any sense, does it? That with a bad field would be the first time that the Packers decide they want their million-dollar defensive guys to really get tackling. I don't know how bad the field is because it was, but the, it, the bad field is what we're assuming Gruden knows about, and Gruden saying he's not going to play as long as he might think his starters because of the bad field. Well, I just know Gruden so, is so likely, likely to play. You, his but here's the left. thing: you ha- likely why because of what he said. Yes, and that's predicated on the field being bad. Yes, but if the field's bad, does Green Bay have their defense play as hard as you're saying? So really, you've got two reasons to like the under, and they're mutually exclusive. They can't both be true, and except if Green Bay's coach is insane, right? That the one time we're really going to tackle is the most dangerous field conditions.
6: Well, I know it was a point of emphasis in practice all week long for Green Bay.
5: Hmm. What, do you, what do you think, Brad?
6: Your your point about them being mutually exclusive. So one team's you think the focus is going to be specifically, hey, we're going to really focus on the defensive side. Okay, I get that under. But another guy's like, ah, field conditions. I'm not going to play any of my guys. Yeah, wouldn't they cancel each other out? Well, listen. I'm going with Gruden. I, I mean, whether the starters play one quarter or two quarters, I'm taking John Gruden to win another preseason game. Here's what we
5: know. He might not know why he wins, but Steve Fazek wins in the preseason, probably unlike anyone else, to be candid. This is one of his money times. When we come back, his best bet, this is the pregame show you always wanted.
3: Tire Ratings, and Consumer Reviews, and be sure to check
2: out all their current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
5: I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. That's Cindy Lauper. We didn't get to hear her sing, but, you know, there she is. <laughs> Fad, you got your best bet coming up. Now, listen, what's a best bet? Sounds like a generic term. It means literally the Fezzik is making a big financial commitment on this bet. What are you doing?
2: Why does the guy not carry his money in a wallet? Hey, why does the guy carry his money in a roll?
5: Tonight's action go. Yeah, going to the
7: total Jacksonville, Miami going over the 38. RJ, two key All reasons. All right, so 38
5: over, under total points now, if you're new to this. Reason
7: number one. Reason number one, Jacksonville has been awful in offense during the preseason. They've only scored
5: 10 points. All right, so I'm listening, and I'm saying, wait a minute. We won a lot of scoring over, and Fez is leading off with how bad the offense is for Jacksonville. There must be like a little swerve
7: here. There's going to be a point of emphasis, I feel, on Jacksonville to fix the offense and put points on the board this week.
5: Point of emphasis is such a great word. I might just say effort. But it's such a great word. And what you're really saying is a lot of this is about emphasis, effort. Since they've done so poorly, they want to kind of get the monkey off their back, Jacksonville and offense, so you think they're going to try to score hard. Yes, correct. And the second
7: key reason, Miami – they scored a 30-point game last week, a really low-scoring game, but that game was in a driving rainstorm. So what happened is that the odds maker said, oh, Miami's low-scoring.
5: We're going to set a low total, and that is an artificially low total. Now, that's another great point, right? Something People look at the score. They don't know how the weather was, and you end up saying, wait a minute. Everyone's going by what the score was in that game, but it was artificially deflated so, you got one team point of emphasis offense, other team deflated total. You got a total of 38. There's only two games this weekend that low over the total. Fezzik's best bat, Brad, we got a big college game coming up. We got about a minute here. We're going to start with Dave Esler, who's visiting the studio from Florida. Dave, you got about 45 seconds. Apologize, we ran long. Tell us who you like in this Miami of Florida game.
7: Well, I like
1: Florida first half. Miami coming in there is bringing in a freshman quarterback. Two starting tackles that are freshmen. They lost their leading rusher to the Seattle Seahawks last year. Florida is not all about defense anymore. That narrative's changed. I think it's an overwhelming atmosphere for Miami. I love Florida first half.
5: Okay, so remember, guys, you can bat That's Dave Esler, by the way. This is kind of the anti Vegas guy. He wins like crazy, but he thinks differently than Vegas. You can follow him on Twitter at Dave underscore Esler, E S S L E R. He likes the first half situation. And again, that handicapping is very different, the idea of the first half and stuff. And he has isolated a really key factor. Good job, Dave. Now, we gave you the odds. That's what Straight Out of Vegas does. Next up, the odd. Koppel, talk to you tomorrow.